What's good, U of M? It's your boy, Professor Brennan, here with another guest co-host. We got Brooke this time. Hello, hello. It's been a minute since I've been on here. Yes, this is your first time co-hosting with me. I've gone through all the other vice presidents. It's now your turn. Yeah, just a matter of time until it was me again. Yes, but uh, this episode's going to be a little more of an informal one. We have a lot of just things to talk about. Um, I did want to give a quick quick uh, UMSU update. Mostly we're just busy with the strikes things. You know, We've been putting out a lot of information on our social media. We've been hit with... Uh, Many students emailing us wondering what's going on and um, having to really answer those questions while also doing media requests, informing the public what the student perspective is on everything. And uh, we're out there picketing with the profs too, of course. So it's been a whirlwind. Yeah, you've been mostly in charge of the coffee and all of this. Oh, yeah. Just trying to do our little bit to ensure that people out there are keeping warm, keeping energized with it. Yeah, and we also did that uh, residence little coffee donut event just with s- international students are probably the most affected by this. You know, they're only here for classes, and now you take that away from them, and they're just kind of like, what the heck do I do with my life? Yeah, I'd be curious to know what it's actually like out in residence before. Savannah was telling us how like they were living in pillow forts yeah. all around the time of the strike back in 2016, so I'm sure it's a very interesting time out there right now yeah they can't really do that with covid like i'm sure they can hang out with masks still but yeah like it's a little yeah they're really isolated right then so that's why i'm so wanted to bring some coffee and donuts to them on uh this past wednesday um in terms of non-strike things because i feel like we've done a great job of actually putting out the information on social media and email so i won't bother the podcast listeners with it but something that kind of hasn't made the rounds within communication to students is uh our renewed advocacy efforts um with the Manitoba Alliance post-secondary students, we've added a Sanborn College to the mix, so now we have five institutions in MAPS, and we met with uh, MLA Jamie Moses, the MLA for St. Vital, and he uh, gave us a good project to work on, which was transferring credits between institutions. It's uh, very inaccessible uh, for students to kind of swap and go to different institutions, and they usually have to retake classes that they've already taken because they're non-transferable, and I'll get the, your perspective on this, Brooke. Um, if you were the U of M, would you even want students to have like their credits transferred from other institutions? Because like, you want them to retake the class and give you the money. Yeah, that was going to be my question for you, actually. Like, Is this a common case where students are wanting to go institution to institution in Manitoba? Like, from a, I guess, institution standpoint, it is cool where you could have that greater prospect of having students come in from U of W or Assiniboine, but there's also that large risk where maybe, yeah, they want to come for U of M, but it now makes it more easy for them to just kind of get up and leave. Yes. Yes. uh, I think the reason we even want to do this in the first place is because it it makes sense for the province to kind of institute this and have it a more fluid and accessible model of switching institutions because in Brandon, the University of Brandon, um, all their credits are recognized by this uh, college just south of the border, so in North Dakota. So a lot of people that do want to switch institutions from Brandon can just go to this college, like super, like all the credits transfer, and now you're losing out on a student that would be spending, you know, money in yeah. in Manitoba to the states, and you know, there's no guarantee that they come back to Brandon. They might want to stay in the states now, and you just overall lose that economic uh, person in in your province. Um, but back into the institution thing, that's why it kind of falls on the province, and this is why, like, as as MAPS, as representatives of all students in the province, it, it would be beneficial to students and be beneficial to the government to have this uh, 
this proposal of making everything accessible and uh, easily transferable credits, but not for the institutions themselves. Because yeah, it is it is in the University of Manitoba's best interest to have students retake classes, and and why would they put resources towards coming up with a model themselves and spend money on, yeah, making it easier for people to leave and come and. Um, yeah, I think with small institutions, they probably make it that U of M credits are recognized, so then that way it's more attractive for people to leave the U of M. But if I'm the yeah, if I'm the U of M, the biggest institution in the province, I'm probably not looking at ways to make it uh, easier to come to the U of M. You feel like students just want to come to the U of M anyways. Yeah, probably not. I'm not sure how it works with like normal institution credit transfer currently, but like when I came in my first year, I had done full IB in high school, mm. so I had some like credits that I could transfer over. That's like an easy enough process already. I think mostly because like IB and stuff, they handle it on their end with mm -hmm. sending all the different info on their way. Um, I've looked at trying to do it for maybe I could go take a course back in Calgary over summer, um, mostly just because engineering over summer, it's only like the pure math courses right. that end up getting offered. They don't do any actual engineering. So Hopefully if this can get passed and maybe then engineers, we can have a bit of a easier time filling in that yeah. four year if you're insane degree length program mm -hmm. or five year if you're normal. <laughs> normal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, I had a super smart friend in high school who ended up finishing his engineering degree in four years. And I was just seeing as like the biggest flex ever. I, I so don't see how it's possible. Right. Like there is at least one term where you need six classes to do it. I have a friend right now who he had to get special approval and he's yep. taking seven courses oh my just because he wants to finish his degree for sure, for sure this year. Oh, yeah, I uh, couldn't imagine. No, I could never do something like that. Four courses, more than enough. I am not a five course person. I've only been a five-course person twice, and even then it was like with an easy elective, so it kind of felt like four anyways. Yeah. Um, I want to get your opinion actually on the strike thing because you are in classes, so you kind of see um, a different side that maybe you know me, Tino, and Savannah don't see um, with our circles is that, yeah, you you know, especially engineering, which is very much up on the Discord and the, I don't know, Telegram group chats. Like what, what have students been saying in these kind of group chats about the strike? Yeah, so it started off with a lot of confusion. Um, in the Telegram, there was a lot of questions of, oh, how is this actually going to affect us? At what point will exams be affected? All that fun stuff. And of course, we can't really know. We don't really know the university's trigger, uh, dates. trigger dates or anything like that. Well, actually, they did tell us today. Oh, but very for, nice. We're, I'm not even like telling my close friends. Like I'll tell you, book after this, but like we, I'm not telling anyone. Like okay. we can't. <laughs> All right, I will keep that secret as well. Um, yeah, there was just a lot of confusion, especially when courses had that like hiccup for yeah. lack of better words. In um, the UM Learn sphere, yeah. Yeah, UM Learn sphere, just because a lot of eng profs ended up getting hit by that too. Like yeah. my uh, materials course was down for a couple hours, and after a bunch of emailing from the class, he sent out an email update and was like, Yeah, not too sure why this happened. Should be up soon, in time for our lab later today. Um, yeah, I'm seeing that engineer students, we don't face too many difficulties because of it, just because our profs don't really go on strike for it so much. Uh, it's really the pure math courses that get affected, pure math, chemistry, physics, stuff like that, where the instructors are parts of UMFA, more likely. Um, so it's been smooth sailing. I haven't faced real 
negatives from it. I was actually mm-hmm. quite pleased yeah. um, for there to be a strike. That sounds really bad, especially in the position I'm in. But I had a, I had a midterm on mm-hmm. the Friday, and I was not excited, not prepared for Mathematical Analysis 3 midterm. Um, yeah, so not having that has been lovely to me. At some point, I do need to start studying again. Otherwise, if the strike yeah. ends, right... If the strike ends tomorrow and the prof says, okay, test on Tuesday, oh, You're I'm in screwed, a bad... Yeah. yeah, I'm in a bad spot. It use this reading week, bro. Actually, use, <laughs> get caught up. Yeah. But yeah, I heard some, some problems that UM Learn debacle was actually like same class but different sections were like affected because like, yeah, one section had the... Um, for prof and one didn't and that really like that would probably actually affected things the most like obviously if you know there was stuff taking down it's like okay i can just delay things a bit but if it's like one class is still going one wasn't for like those two days that um learn was affected yeah that was obviously a weird position but like as you said yeah engineering's not affected too badly and with the whole yeah happy that strikes happening i feel like there is like a large subsection of like like, there's the students who aren't affected. They don't even care about the strike. There's the people who are, like you, mixed bag. They're probably more or less happy this is happening because they get to get caught up and they split up their workload a bit. Yeah. It only it becomes a problem for them if this thing lasts long enough that now the winter semester is affected, which would affect them because, uh, yeah, that would go pretty poorly. And then there's, of course, the students who have all the classes affected who my heart goes out to because, like, they didn't sign up for this, like, weird break. Like, they signed up for classes. Now they're bored and they have nothing to do and... Yeah, and then when, when things come back, they still have the exact same workload. <laughs> it's yeah. just a lot later, and it interrupts the Christmas break, probably. Yeah, they're definitely the most affected. I would not be pleased right now if I was one of the students who have all their oh, courses yeah. on break, or maybe three of four, just because mm-hmm. then it's, oh, well, I can't I can't proceed with this. I need to kind of try and do some yeah. self-guided learning, but yeah. you don't know how far you can or should go, right. what's going to be covered. And you can't, like... Your work schedule is probably already set so that you can't just be like, oh, I have no school right now. Like, let me let me fill my time with, like, making money or something. Yep. It's just, yeah, you're watching YouTube probably all day right now. Um, I mean, maybe that's not a negative. There true. are some good YouTube things yeah. out there. I only I only think that it came right before reading week. Like, yeah, of course everyone loves the reading week. But now if you had a two-week reading week, you probably, you're probably in the dog days of it right now. Yep. <laughs> I'm just like, I've been off for, like, ten days. I'm quite bored. Anything else on the group chats or... Uh, no, that's been a lot of it. Lots of people just the same questions over and over. Mm. This is my negative, my main negative with Telegram all the time. No, is it Telegram? Uh, yeah, yeah. Telegram all the time with class telegrams and like general telegrams. There's a big one for engineering. Um, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you are a (laughs) well-informed student. If you're not and you're in these telegrams asking questions that can be answered by the syllabus, I do not like you very much. (laughs) Like all the time there will be questions where it's answered by the syllabus or it's the same question that someone had asked like five messages ago. And on your phone as you're typing, you can see the answer to the question you're about to ask the people who do that. So Getting that with the strike then, I'm assuming? Yeah, lots of same questions all the time where it's like, how does this affect my courses? Of course, like it's a very justifiable question. It's understandable that they'd want to know this, but it's just the same over yeah. and over. In one of mine, uh, when we were unsure about if there would be a strike or not, and then even the first couple days of there being a strike, someone had to go and pin a message in all caps. 
no exam while strike strike can end any day yeah and even then people were still like oh do we, do we have the time? exam on friday <laughs> that's pretty funny <laughs> yeah no i feel that i feel i think that well i was in telegram for again the cam the same kind of thing it's just like um has anyone done the assignment yet and it's just like no 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 it's like an hour yeah. later has anyone done the assignment yet? shut up <laughs> yeah. do it yourself um We'll move on to just one last thing before we'll do get into the hub we ran. So we'll finish Amsu News on a positive note. But I just want to let students know that, yeah, we are fast approaching to that November 14th date to upload your mandatory vaccination policy uh, or your immunization card uh, to fulfill the mandatory vaccination policy. Um, and yes, in the winter th- at this time, there's no accommodations for unvaccinated students. You can be a student here by taking, like you can take online classes, but there's no accommodations for like, in-person classes are now 50 fit like there there's an online option so any class that was online before covid yeah you can still take those being unvaccinated but uh like your regular programs your regular course courses that'll be back in person will not be accommodating uh unvaccinated students um just had some questions there and i want to announce this now too because we are about uh eight nine weeks away from that winter semester starting so you do have time right now to go you know, get your first dose, wait four weeks, get your second dose, wait two weeks, and be fully immunized. Um, I also want to mention, yeah, uh, the university is almost 100% sure we're back fully in person. There is, uh, there is no act- there's no actual skepticism anymore about uh, maybe not. It's there, full go-go, ready to be back in person. Nice. Uh, but again, on top of that, there are full, <laughs> full go-go-go, you're not coming here if you're not <laughs> vaccinated. And I know, I know a lot of students are saying, why isn't Amsu, you know, advocating for the minority of people who aren't vaccinated i can say we have been for the past two months you know they want to do this back in september but we of course brought up all the concerns that students had and it was just in the end of the day it's not it wasn't feasible to have rapid testing all the time it cost upwards of uh i think fifteen hundred dollars a day to do the rapid test and that's with the the few people on campus now now like so like imagine when we're fully back in person like a thousand like there's like 50 people that get tested a day. it'd be a thousand come come the winter and uh it's just not feasible to be spending that much money. Yeah, a day. they had projected that it would be north of eight point five million dollars, mm-hmm. even if we saw like a forty percent increase on people getting tested daily. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely can see why they don't want to continue with the daily testing instead of just a full out vaccine mandate. Yeah. And it's just it makes sense in the sense that uh, you know we gotta get back to regular learning. The only way to do that is to have uh, have this be a safe space, have campus be safe. Um, but we'll move on to the yeah the positive note, which is the hub we brand. We won't give away the name just now, but I of guess course. you can uh, talk about how we have kind of picked a name now. Yeah. So following a couple weeks of student name suggestions and then a poll where students were able to choose the top three of 11 of the most common or most liked names, uh, we have settled on one. There was one that kind of led the polls early on and continued to dominate throughout. Uh, You guys can look forward to actually seeing what that is later on in winter term. I'm proud to say that my name suggestion of dropout ended in a solid third. So it wasn't horrible. Yeah, that's good. Your suggestion, as in you put that in the the box? Oh, I thought that was just you were saying your suggestion, as in you picked that to be on the poll. Oh no! So good like, on you. Dropout. I don't think I'd actually seen it in the student name suggestions. It was something yeah. where when I had been talking to Jack and Thomas, it was like, yeah, this is something 
kind of fits the theme and it's also a kind of casual thing where it's like yeah i'm gonna go drop out yeah or i'm going to drop out uh, so yeah strong finish for very a kind of nice, spur nice. of the moment name yeah i know um the that whole i'm going to drop out like that play on words uh that's why i like the terms as it so it's like i'm going to, i'm yeah. coming to terms yeah <laughs> but yeah like i think overall the name we picked is uh yeah a good one and um yeah, that's great that yours actually end up third. But I guess people now know that it's not dropout, so they can oh. go back. To, so now they've got a one in ten shot. Now, now. I instead of one eleven, yeah. Um, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. What's your favorite thing about Jess? Favorite thing about Jess? Yeah, she's just really nice. Like she's oh. super understanding and kind and stuff like that. Um, so I guess I don't know. And she just listens really well. I'm I'm bad at telling stories, mm. especially like. I'll get like disjointed and stuff. Um, if I've been enjoying the devil's lettuce, it gets much worse. <laughs> uh, so something like that had happened recently and I was talking about some weird random thing in my life that I viewed as completely common for everyone. Yeah. And then just in that moment, I was realizing, oh, this is this is very odd. Yeah. No one has this experience. I was talking about my mom, how she had played on like an intercompany bocce ball team oh, okay yeah <laughs> yeah this was like last night it just came up and it's she was just so understanding and she was like asking clarifying questions even so she yeah. like genuinely cared and was listening and Getting understood what was going. yeah her. that was really nice yeah. i like that about her for sure wow. she's just super nice and caring that's really good to hear um i'm gonna ask you a kind of some similar question a question about significant others. How does one ask for things from the significant other? But it's something like uh, pretend I'm a girl and I want flowers. What would your advice be to me as a girl to get flowers from their significant other without specifically saying like I want flowers? Because then like the the act kind of feels like less meaningful in the sense yeah. that it's like well I asked for these and now it just doesn't feel like right. <laughs> I don't know. That's a that's a hard mind space to be in because if you start wanting something and then you're noticing that like your partner isn't really doing it but you mm -hmm. haven't communicated i yeah. feel like you can kind of get in your own head of like uh, a f negative feedback loop but i guess how i would recommend doing it um my first thought is to like if you're watching a movie and someone makes a grand romantic gesture like bringing flowers be like Oh, you know, that's so nice. I would mm -hmm. love if someone did that to me. Yeah. But I also know that if someone said that to me, I would be like, it wouldn't go over my mm. head. I would more so just be like, oh, yeah, I, I'm sure you would love that. And be like, okay, now I can't do flowers for oh, the next little okay. bit. Yes, yes. Because then it's like, no, because it's in their mind. Yeah. So I need to wait a bit. Yeah, so that's it's true. a bit more of a surprise. Um. But I guess that's yeah. I, that might just be me being weird. So mm -hmm. I think just little hints would be the yeah. best way to go about it. Yeah, I ask for two reasons. One, because the hints, I'm so bad at picking them up. Like, I, it's been a huge problem with myself that I'm just, like, so dumb. And that, like, when, when then we communicate and I find out that that's what was wanted, I'm like, you know what? You hinted at that six times and now realizing that's what that was. I'm just very stupid. But then I also like you. You're right though in that, uh, or I, like just a full-on communication, and and it doesn't. You can't do it right away. Once once they like actually like specifically say or in yeah. your movie suggestion, that just feels like well now I don't want to do it because now it feels like forced. Yeah. Um. I personally am still of the believer that like, it's not gonna feel as good, but at least you get it, and like just communication is key. Like that. Say, 
I'll go like this. I like it when my arm gets held. Like, you know, the hand holding's one thing, but like go on the arm, that's like very like that's very cute to me. Yeah. And I'm okay to just be like hold my arm. And then it's like, "Oh, I got what I wanted." And like it it didn't feel in that sense it didn't feel like I was being passive aggressive. Yeah. And and yeah, maybe I feel like less like not love less uh it feels less romantic because i asked for it and it wasn't just like a gesture that they wanted to do but at, le- at the end of the day i still got the thing that's like to me is cute but even things like that like 100 percent communication is key and asking being like yeah i enjoy when you like link arms with yeah. me or grab onto my arm i would think that like going forward from that there is no like dampening of how much it means because then oh. she is internalizing oh this is something that brendan likes yeah so to me it's almost like more of an act of affection yes sorry i should say later down the road it is gonna feel like i want like 100%. yeah that's the thing that's yeah. why i'm saying like be upfront about first it's not gonna feel as good as first but yeah. later down the road it's gonna be 10 times better oh like, and you're gonna actually get it yeah. yeah good stuff okay i think we agree there then um i want to give a quick funny story um it was megan's birthday like last week and she posted about it yeah. uh you know she just posted the caption birthday festivities and I commented like, oh, like uh, not really as a joke, but more like ma- like hyper up, like happy 18th. Right. Yeah. And then I get a text from Savannah. It's a screenshot of a conversation between Savannah and Emily. That's basically Emily saying, wait, Brendan's dating an 18 year old. What the hell? And they're freaking out. And like Megan's only 18. And Savannah sends that to me. I'm just like, Emily, what the hell? You were in the club with her like. A week ago, yeah. like so many things are wrong with them. Like, how do you not think? Like, you could just even scroll down the Instagram and see, like, no, obviously she's not eighteen. And why would I be dating a seventeen-year-old? And all these things. Um, so I had to clarify my comment and like right into the <laughs> because my because <laughs> I had another person even ask me like, yo, is she actually eighteen? I'm like, no, stop. So like my comment under that was, guys, she's not eighteen. Stop texting me. But I guess. In retrospect, my hype up comment of happy 18th kind of led to her being even more hyped up in that people actually did think she was 18. So, you know, she yeah. can like take that away that she feels young now. <laughs> feels young. Because she hates her age. She always, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something to hate. It's something we can't change. So, of course, we're going to hate it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the other story I want to give is just for her birthday, I really wanted to pierce her ears, <laughs> but she wouldn't let me pierce her ears unless I could prove that I could do it, so I pierced my own ear. <laughs> okay, and so I that's did, why that piercing yes, had come I, about. I did this myself to prove that I could do hers. I did mine crooked, but I guess in her mind it looked good. Like, I'm, I guess, like, at the time it looked good, like, and she's like, okay, you, you did yours very well, yeah, you can do mine, and I did hers well, but then as time went on, I'm like, wow, this is very crooked. <laughs> But I don't know. I, I think I'm just going to keep it in for for fun's sake because it has a funny story behind it. I'm just like, I have to yeah. prove myself. So uh, did you have to stand in a mirror with just like a sewing needle and you just stabbed your ear? Or? Basically, uh, that we did have piercing needles from Amazon. They're like, t- they're two bucks. And um, they're good because they have a hole in them, uh, in the middle yeah. of them that you put the earring in. So like you just pull it through. I'll show you the video after. But yeah, it was basically like me sitting on the couch. And I actually... I had a a small mirror in front of me, but I didn't really use it. it just I just went like, by feel. Yeah, yeah. Just like I think I wanted there, and just deep breath All through. Right. It didn't hurt too bad. Bled a bit. Uh, hers bled like crazy. It looked like a murder scene. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, it, it worked out, and uh, just a fun story from that. Now, um, want to ask you, what's your favorite board game? Favorite board game? Ooh, 
That's a hard one. I really enjoyed Monopoly growing up. We mm-hmm. had this different one where it had like electronic banking and you had kind of like credit Oh, cards. yes. Yeah, I know that one. So yeah. that made it like really easy. I enjoyed that growing up a lot. Um, okay. No, this is my answer for what I currently really like. Uh, it's not so much a traditional board game. Like you don't have pieces and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's a piece of paper. It's from like the 80s or something. It's called Mind Trap. Interesting. I and feel it's, like I've heard of that. It's these weird trivia questions, and like half the time, it's some weird math thing mm-hmm. where it'll be like, uh, what's the sum of one through 100 or something oh. like that? And you're meant to only have like so much time, but you get like a pen and paper, and then that one you're meant to realize, like, oh, you can do this thing with one oh, through nine, and then all the different tens, and then you add. 10, 9 yeah. different times. Well, like and you then could pair up 99 and 1 to make 100 and 2 and 98. Yeah. So it wouldn't it be 5,000? Five, 5, Is that, or 5,100? I think there's like a 1 at the end of it or something ah, like okay, that. Yeah. It's something weird where it ends on like an odd number. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just really fun. Uh, Jess hates it. I bring it up all the time. It's her roommate, Vicky. It's her boyfriend, fifty-fifty. Okay, that's very cool. That's a very cool question. Sorry. Yeah. Keep going. But yeah, so it's at her place because it's her roommate's boyfriend's family's okay, game gotcha. or something yeah. like that, and they just keep it at Jess and Vicky's. So whenever I go over, I like jokingly bring it up, or when Vicky's boyfriend is there, we'll both kind of hound the yeah. girls like, "Oh, gotta play some mind yeah, trap." Gotta play some. The mind girls trap. hate it. He and I, we really enjoy it. We get so into it. I just love trivia in yeah. general. So like, oh, that's wonderful like a game. Really fun game. I wonder if a place like across the board has it that I could just go play that, like without Maybe. having to buy it or something. Yeah, very Maybe. cool. Going back to the Monopoly because I I love Monopoly. Like I have it on my phone. It's my go to like no internet game yeah. that like if I'm at the airport, like if I have extended time. Uh, do you know like yeah I guess optimal strategy and like what's your go tos. Um, so I think. Optimal strategy is to buy every property you land on. Yep. I guess it matters if your rules are you can auction off and like mm, exactly what your house rules are. But I generally play you can't. There is Same. no auction just because it's yeah, long agree. and annoying. So buy every property. Yep. Especially the red properties. Those are the most valuable on the board. Specifically, the second red property, it's the most landed on space because of its proximity to jail. Yeah. Okay. So I... um. I don't know why in the original game I believe it's actually orange. It's uh, orange. Yeah, red is right after. Um, yeah, so it's uh, free parking on that corner. Yeah, and then it's is it past free parking or it's before? It's free past park- free parking. Oh, I thought I thought it was that it's before free parking because the most rolled number is seven, and get out of jail, like seven away from get out of jail yeah. is community chest. So that's the most landed on space in the entire game, and the properties around that. Okay, so you oh you. Yeah, I think you're right, it's it is. the next it, one because on your next roll. Yes, no, you're right. In the original game, right after free parking is red. My apologies. Okay, but I see what you mean. Next roll, okay. So, yeah. yeah. I'm i pretty sure that's how it works. I remember yeah. seeing a thing where it's like the second space yeah. after free parking is the most landed on. Uh, but yeah, buy everything you can, develop fast, and then, again, it matters on your house rules. Like yeah, I normally true. play where you can collect rent while in jail. And I'm pretty sure that's like how the rules normally set it out. So if you're able to just stay in jail mm-hmm. once you've had oh, stuff yeah. set mm-hmm. up, that is optimal strat. You just sit in there as people run your gauntlet 
of pain and you're you've got yeah. nothing to worry about you don't need mm-hmm. to pay rent every three turns you need to go out and just kind of hope to get in jail again yeah. somehow yeah it's basically like well i don't people always say monopoly takes so long it's like no it doesn't because you get to a point where you know the game's over as soon as yeah. someone gets a set game's over like just end it there congrats they've won um unless you just ma- also happen to get a set like once all the properties are bought up and if someone has a set like the game's over at that point <laughs> So, because it just, like, it becomes a steamroll. Like, they yeah. can't, there's no way to get back to it. And you are right. It is the fourth spot after free parking, fourth Illinois spot. after Avenue. And that's right before the second most landed spot, or which is B&O Railroad. But obviously, you don't want the railroads. Then the next one is New York Avenue. So, that's nine away from. You're that. anti-railroad? Is that what I'm hearing right oh, now? Oh, you can't build properties on it. Oh, but you just buy them and then they're... Oh, you always buy every property yeah, you need. Of course. I'm saying, though, like, it ha- holds very little value, like, in the long run. That's fair. I've, like, I'd I never always... trade a ra- railroad for... Well, I'd never trade for a railroad. Okay, yeah. I always see railroads as a good thing to trade with, though. Yes. there will oh, always obviously. be someone who's like, I've got two, and then you have, like, one, or maybe you have the other two, and then it's like, this, oh, is, yes. this is a... Quality oh, trade. I would trade away three railroads for one one property that gave me a monopoly, even if it gave them the railroad monopoly, because they can't build on it. It's yeah. it's useless. It's good. Er, they're good early game too, because they obviously they charge the most rent for the lowest yeah. price. But yeah, so I always go for the oranges because it's the cheap. Their their houses are only hundred versus one fifty, and they still get landed on a ton. Yeah. But yeah, all right. Sorry. <laughs> now we probably sound like nerds to the people. Monopoly like, strategies. I'm absolutely putting that in the description. Like, if you want the best strategy, but you're right. Like, yeah, get it. Once you have a set, you you want to get into jail. Hundred percent. Yeah, uh, and I always. Yeah, I guess like if you like my recommendation is people who hate Monopoly is honestly go download the app. And you can play so fast on it because the like the dice rolling is way faster yeah. and it moves for you. Like you, I honestly play Monopoly games in twenty minutes on the app, and and you learn like strategy and like you you learn that like you can play Monopoly within under an hour very easily. And like it is, it can still be frustrating because obviously no one wants to lose. But I think what's the problem with Monopoly that people say it's so frustrating is because they f- they get into those positions where they don't have a set and someone else does, and the game lasts for four hours because they slowly yeah, die. Slow Instead of, like, shake hands after someone gets a set. Like, you, you just realize when the game's over, like, yeah. uh, once someone has some properties and you have none. And the most fun, when you've got, like, a group of the boys with you, mm-hmm. you start bartering with things outside the game. Oh, you offer five real dollars. Yeah. You offer, I will go get McDonald's for yeah. us right now. That's when you get the real fun of Monopoly. That's when you really do want to actually be in the position where, like, oh, I'm actually winning in Monopoly. Now I'm getting outside external yeah. things. Damn. I don't know if I would ever, like, succumb to that in my personally because I'm like, wait, hold, this is just a game. Like, let's relax. Yeah. But I love that. I love that there are people out there who, like, want to win so bad that they start offering real things. Um, something I noticed that, uh, I, don't, I don't, like, you – you grew up with like the same cartoons. Like I could never ask Tino this question, so I won't ask you because he never like grew up with like Disney Channel or right. <laughs> Nickelodeon. This, why, why did I think that like quicksand would be such a <laughs> prominent part of my life when I was older? Yeah, it's just such a well used trope, I guess. Yeah. Where it's just as soon as you step in it, you are up to oh your no, chest. Someone needs to save me. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in reality, like you go walk on a beach, you're probably gonna find some quote unquote quicksand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's something that, that shark attacks. I'll give you another appendicitis. Appendicitis. Yeah. I know one person who's had an appendicitis. I only know one as well. Yeah. 
Look at that. Last one, pop quizzes. I never had a pop quiz all through school. But somehow this was always like a nightmare. Like, oh, my God, you study for the pop quiz? What? There's a pop quiz? And Yeah. Are pop quizzes maybe like more of an American thing? That's what uh, Megan told me. Yeah. She's like, well, that's probably why we never encountered them. It must have been an American education system. And yeah. we then went into a huge <laughs> tangent of, of like what's something that's American that we would never have here. And like that was always. Show- oh, the like the war of 18. 18- 12 i think was it i don't know there's something there's always like some something in 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 the shows that they reference and it's like oh we never learned about that because it's an american show yeah but i mean mean, you probably got some like war of 1812 yeah sorry that was a that was a bad example i we definitely did it might it would have been something like the the civil the battle of longhorn or something oh yeah (laughs) like that's always last stand yeah always the always the same thing yeah like who's the fourth president abraham lincoln i think he's the the fourth Man, I'm gonna feel like an idiot. Is that when the slaves were freed? You've got Washington, then you've got Washington for a second term, and they tried to make him like effectively a king, but he stepped down. He didn't want to do that. James Madison, God, I'm done. James Madison. Sixteenth, God, Brendan, you're off. See, this is (laughs) this is what I'm talking about, though. This is the Canadian education system. Why would I need to ever know that? Actually, now I got just a side question. This wasn't even in my notes. How many prime ministers do you think you can name? Like how how far can you go back? Like we started right now, Trudeau. Who's before Trudeau? Like how far do you think you go back? Before Harper, I don't know. Yeah. I know that there's another Trudeau. There's Lester B. Pearson. There's John A. Macdonald. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kim something. Kim Campbell. Kim yeah. Campbell. That's who it is. She was. Uh, I think only like a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. First female prime minister in only shortest two three months term as well. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's Jean Chrétien before. Brian Mulroney's in there too. Kim Campbell. Because uh, I tried learning this because I thought like I am like it was uh, it was a TikTok saying like name the prime minister, name any prime minister before St- uh, Stephen Harper, but like after Lester Beer Pearson. It's like, oh shit, I don't know. But uh, so I'm trying to learn it. But yeah, I know Jean Chrétien and Brian Mulroney are in there somewhere. I don't know what the order was. Um, and yeah, also... Diefenbacher, or Diefenbaker, yeah. Deeker, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a couple. Um, I think that's what that's where maybe the Canadian education system failed us. Is <laughs> we never learned about that stuff really. I didn't feel like we. Yeah, ever... no. I remember we did some like general what is municipal, federal, right. provincial Same, government yeah. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no, no real memorization of who a prime ministers are, and I'm I'm honestly thankful for that. I yeah. much prefer how I learned about feudal Japan or the Mayans or um, na- globalization and the kind of dull slavery that's still ongoing mm. with the banana plantations. Yeah. Um, Actually, even on that note, like you seem like we'll get into what YouTube you watch, but you seem like someone that watched Salmonella or Casually Explained. Yeah, both or either. Three brown, one blue. I think oh, that's I another that one, one in the same vein. Um, there's a what's that one? Uh, something silver. Um, they they did. I'll show you. I'll show you the All account. Right. I want to say though, Paul Martin. That's who was before Stephen Harper, and then I was right. Jean Chrétien, Kim Campbell, Brian Mulroney. Okay. And that's just to me a bunch of nobodies. Like now, now we're, we get into like the early '80s, late '70s before Brian Mulroney. I mean, it's cool. It's part of our heritage and our right. history, but who really cares? Yeah. I guess that's the best way I can put it. It's cynical, but who really cares who Prime Minister was in 1932? 
that I guess maybe it was that uh, R.B. Bennett. R.B. Bennett? Good. Cool. I now cool. know. Cool. Doesn't matter. Well, uh, Lion Mackenzie King, William Lion Mackenzie King, like, served for, like, years yeah. and years, so maybe he's... All right, I want to look up... Uh... Oh, T.P.C. Gray. That's who it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's I watched who I was trying to say with Silver. Yeah, he uh, did the... Um, what his the one that like really got to me was like the best way to like board an airplane. Yeah, that was a good one. And then he's always the kind of go to when I'm trying to explain ranked ballot voting to people. He's got like a good video series on it. I'm so sorry. It's CGP. CGP Gray. <laughs> yeah. 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 The ranked ballot. Yeah. No, I saw that one too. Actually, I think I've watched all his videos. He definitely was a quarantine like board YouTuber. That I just binged all this stuff. Um. Yeah, he's a good one for it. So do you like content that's kind of like well put together and you can just kind of sit and sort of learn stuff? Yeah, um, more or less. I'll be honest, like I'm really outing myself here. Um, I like like the YouTube I watch. I'm, I have such bad. I don't want to say I have ADHD, but like I don't I can't sit for more than like five minutes watching a show. Like I do watch my television shows in five to ten minute increments, like even mm-hmm. my favorite show, Big Mouth half an episode at a time and that's like that's my favorite show like that is like so engaging to me and even then i can't finish an episode in one sitting um so with my youtube uh same thing watch it in like different sittings or i'll fall asleep to it so my go-to youtube is actually watch people like yeah play video games and like just their voice kind of puts me to sleep um let's play content kind of like there's this one his name's small ant he does pokemon and he does uh super mario odyssey and I do not, I've never played Super Mario Odyssey. I couldn't care anything about it. His voice just kind of puts me asleep. And so I'll just take a nap while watching that kind of YouTube. But yeah, like sometimes, I think it's when it's exam time that like, right, you always go down the YouTube wormhole. That's when I find like, yeah, to watch GCP Grey. It's like, oh yeah, I do want to watch this put together content and like Salmonella and Casually Explained. Yeah. Although Casually Explained to me is too much of the engineering humor to me. <laughs> but Salmonella is very much up my alley. Like I love his content. Yeah, it's some good stuff. Some other YouTube creators who are like really high production value and it's just like really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Emp Lemon, he was big. I mean, he's still big, but he had like his time before the content he creates now. But yeah. now he does like deep dives into random topics I would have thought I had no interest in. He has like four or five videos on NASCAR. Okay. And I. I fully view NASCAR as like a sport for rednecks where you just watch little cars go in circles Mm -hmm. sort of thing. But the way that he, he's just such a natural born storyteller. He has incredible pacing with how he kind of slowly reveals this story of who Dale Earnhardt Jr. was. And it connects it with like, oh, you had him. And then his rival at the time, most winningest driver so-and-so, this person and then the video follows that person for a while and it's oh, just these cool, connected yeah. tangents that really shows like why talladega speedway is so well known why it's just this massive complex uh, why dale earnhardt jr was so beloved by people his like upbringing and this is all content that i had no interest in mm-hmm. no previous knowledge of but i've listened to hours of him just explain it because it's so well put together and he's just so good at presenting the story and he clearly cares about it like he just he has a passion for it what was the other youtuber you mentioned right at the start uh three brown one blue i think 
And then, did you ever watch Mark Rober? I mean, he's still producing yeah. content. Yeah, I really, like yeah. that's actually probably one like I actually like treat as like a movie because like the on the to me on the longest side though I, I think I can get through one whole video, but like I really prep myself for it. Yeah, and Mark Rober, I make things. William Osman, all that kind of creator suite of people. Do you ever? Do you ever watch Smosh as a kid? Oh, I loved Smosh, me too. dude. Found okay. it, dude. Yes. So here's the real question: Was Ian or Anthony? Your favorite. Ian. Ian. Oh. You had Anthony? I had Anth so I don't know. As a kid, Anthony was just like you have the cool long hair like him. <laughs> yeah, I guess I do. It's not like down in my face as his no. was, but yeah, as a kid I just viewed Anthony as like cool and Ian is just kinda like the hyper oh a random wall XD kind of thing. Um I think Ian is still making content on the Smosh channel. Yes, it was because Anthony left. Um yeah first kind of thing but yeah actually they appear they both appeared on my tiktok like they collaborated like they went in the same room but they like do stitched each other so that yeah people I, are like oh my god it's a reunion <laughs> i can remember the first smosh video i saw my yeah. best friend in calgary kyle mm -hmm. he showed me oh, it was one of their really early videos and it had like just released so it was like their newest video at mm -hmm. the time uh magic tapeworm okay, or something yeah, yeah. like that yeah. where I think it's Ian has a tapeworm and it's like living inside of him and it comes out and talks to him uh, and I guess that was just the absurdest humor that little I don't know how old are you when Smosh is big 10? I was grade 6 so I was on the oldest side when I got into it but yeah no I know what you yeah, mean. Little elementary school me just loved Smosh so much. Yeah and um, my fit well my first one was like the mountain one um and like they said the word boner on it and it yeah. took me maybe a bit three years before i actually learned what that was <laughs> but yeah no like smart like what about fred <laughs> like obviously that doesn't hold up today but like i was so obsessed with both those youtube channels that like as a grade five grade six yeah i i was never huge on fred i would see it mm -hmm. just because my sister was in love with it she yeah. really enjoyed fred um I've recently like watched a deep dive into the history and lore of Fred. I think it's Quentin Reviews had mm -hmm. done a little deep dive in it. And Lucas Crookshanks, he he's an interesting individual of how he formed that story. Like there's a lot of different shifts in the canon of what is and isn't Fred. True. Yeah. Uh but yeah, no, I never really actively watched it or anything. Growing and then up, there's uh, Ray William Johnson. Ray William Johnson, I classic equals three. I only got into him after he like stopped. I went back okay. and watched. It. I was never a fan of him. And then there was also uh, uh is it Niga, <laughs> Higa? Yeah, uh, Ryan Higa at Niga yes. Higa. Yeah, yeah, him. Same thing. Got into him after he kind of like was on the downslope. Um. But yeah, actually going back to Smosh, I was a big fan of their music too. Like, oh yeah, um, I remember when I worked in grade ten, I worked on a golf course, and like, just I don't know, I was going through. I was kind of a sad boy in grade ten, uh, and I just like binged all their content again, and like found out that they were like making a lot of music. Like they had some, they put out like albums. Yeah, actually. Boxman album, yeah. I think was their first oh, one. God, Boxman is such a good song. But yeah, I got so then I think that was my introduction to kind of this like parody music funny music and like that led to like me falling in love with like actually the lonely island and yeah two years ago my spotify rapped was my number one artist was the lonely island which nice. i was i was so embarrassed by it that the next year i didn't listen i listened <laughs> to one song of the lonely island on my spotify and that was because i fell asleep to music and i found that like oh no it came on, <laughs> oh, on shuffle ruined it. so i so i like completely like 
it was still on my phone, but I would only listen to them on YouTube, so it wouldn't count towards my Spotify because I was just so embarrassed with my number one artist. But yeah, like uh, just like that comedy style of music, like really just I always find it's like both funny and like they actually make it super catchy. Like Boxman's a catchy song, even if it's kind of stupid. Yeah, and some of their music is like what got them. I guess notoriety, their Pokemon right, rap yeah. thing. That was like one of the largest early things of copyright yeah. on YouTube. Oh, I and like it made that. the news yes. and stuff. That's what really drew people to Smosh after that. That's I remember so true. it because that was like the most viral video. Like at yeah. the time it was twenty five million views and like that was like a huge thing back then. Yeah. At the time, like the next one was Charlie Bit My Finger or mm. that dog where someone's doing a voiceover. Oh, but I love bacon. Uh, yeah. Or what was it? The guy dancing like Evolution the of Dance. And then yeah, of course, um Leroy Jenkins. Yeah. The classics it's, of old YouTube. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, fail ninja or like flip the the ninja that does a backflip and then he just like falls flat on his face. Yep. I mean, the cat that plays the piano. This is all, yeah. yeah Star Wars kid. Oh, I love Star Wars. Around. See, this is what, do you ever watch Tosh.0? Yeah. Yeah, like, I have to catch up with it because I kind of, I've missed probably the last three seasons. I know it's, oh, it's canceled been now. it's years since I've seen yeah. it. Yeah, it was like a high school thing. But like, that was like so cool, like seeing all these, yeah, internet videos and then him getting them actually on the show and just seeing like, yeah, like seeing the chocolate rain guy on Tosh is like, wow, he's like interviewing him. Oh, the chocolate rain, chocolate rain? is something I could have like a whole tangent conversation on. If you, everyone listening to this, go listen to Chocolate Rain yeah. after this. I'm surprised people still haven't heard it. So, <laughs> And you need to listen to it in the view where Taison Day, the singer of it, yeah. is singing actually about like racial oppression. Oh, okay. And it's insane. Like I never really... It wasn't understood. about that though, was it? No, it is. Oh. It 100% is. I fully as a kid thought, oh, it's like, there's I'm still chocolate under. coming down sort of thing. But oh, some of the lyrics as well, I can't think of it right <laughs> now, but some of it like directly leads yeah. to like exactly what it is. And it's it's poignant and no one realizes this. They all pass it off as like a yeah, true. silly just, joke yeah. song. I step away from the mic to breathe. Yeah. And I actually stepped away from the Anyways. <laughs> okay, that's a tangent on YouTube. And I <laughs> feel like I've learned what, what YouTube you watch. But yeah, no, it's... Again, this is something I never get with Tino because obviously I had a different upbringing yeah. outside of Canada and uh, Emily too, outside of Canada. And uh, I'm pretty sure like Savannah just didn't have like any electricity in Thompson. So like, how would she know? Him yeah, they really <laughs> are kind of roughing it out there. So, so to you, to me, like this is great that I actually have someone like who had a similar childhood and I like saw the same YouTube and TV shows as me. Um, on that note, though, we'll move on to actually, I guess, something similar that like we did grow up with is like Mario Party. And I want to ask you, what's your favorite Mario Party game and then mini game if you have a favorite mini game Ooh, that's hard so and then character as well <laughs> yeah so i haven't played mario party one through five okay and i've always heard i think it's mario party three is yep. the best one yeah that's the one i have that's the one with the dolphin map right yeah is that yes or? yeah it's the underwater map uh and um yeah, it's on the N64. That's actually the only one I've played fully through. I love it so much. Yeah, that's one I really want to play. My introduction to the series was the one on Wii, so mm -hmm. I think that's eight. Eight, yeah. Um, so I guess that's probably what I would call my favorite because right. nine was hot trash. The one on the Wii U, horrible. Um, the one that came out on the Switch, it was all right. It was mm -hmm. good. I enjoyed the team-up thing where you could kind of move around and kind of run in circles yeah, and just yeah. jump on people. Mm -hmm. I always enjoyed doing that. 
uh, I saw that a new one has come out. Yeah, and it's Superstar. All of yeah. the Mario games. I'm playing it tomorrow. That's why I bring this up. <laughs> Very nice. If I hadn't gotten rid of my Switch, I would probably get that yeah. one game for it. Um, so I guess favorite probably eight. And then, oh, I had it for the DS, but that was just oh, a port I of eight, too. I think. I can't remember. I only play. I have it for the DS. I played it once, and yeah. Yeah. Um, mini game wise, oh, that's such a hard question. I enjoy the ones where I'm just really good at it, and other people aren't. Um, yeah. So in the Switch one that didn't just come out, but the previous one, there's the 3D spatial awareness one, where you're kind of putting blocks together. It's yes. a partner one. I yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. I'm quite good at that. When we were on the retreat, yes. I was playing with both controllers yeah. against the girls, and yeah. I I won three of the five rounds or yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. I just about beat them. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I really enjoy that. I also enjoy the steak one because I feel I've gotten just about close to the perfect time on that. Oh, yeah. Like I had a couple when I still had my Switch. I had a couple where it was just – as soon as it was ready, it flipped right onto the side, right onto the side, right onto the side. Damn. Ooh, that's a good one. That's actually kind of what I like about Mario Party is that, um, well, first of all, it's a frustrating game because there's so much randomness. Like yeah. the TikTok I saw was like me thinking I'm winning, Yoshi getting a bunch of stars for having the nicest eyelashes, yeah. Yoshi wins. It's like bullcrap. But uh, like with Mario Party, yeah, you they're, the mini games are like, easy to master like you play them enough and um actually on that you talk about that 3d spatial awareness one that was the only one megan was good at we you know remember the string one we did a lot on the yeah feet? i was playing like she, megan was on my team i i've never been mad at megan <laughs> except for that one point in my life i was so frustrated like you're not even trying this is like so frustrating i like took a control and tried to do it myself yeah. and was doing better just like i was still doing terrible two controls but i was doing better than her and i never been more frustrated with megan <laughs> more in my life than that string game but yeah, the, the three. But even with the three D awareness ones, like yeah, like if you play enough, because it's the same shapes every time. Yeah. Um, like yeah, you play it enough that you can master it pretty easily, and then that kind of takes some of the luck out of it. But then it, the game still is fun. Like even if you master all the mini games, the game still becomes fun because of all the randomness that could still happen. Yeah. And like I played with Megan's family, and I was by far the best person there. And I still came in second because people kept stealing stars off stars, me with the yeah. boo. Um. Favorite character. So I'll go favorite. Like ask. I'll ask you what your favorite character is from Mario Party, and then what your favorite character from Mario Kart is. Okay. And um, then overall, oh, do you want to give overall first? Overall. Yeah. Uh, overall, let's go Rosalina. Okay. Yeah. Because Rosalina is also who I would play on uh, Smash Bros. on the 3DS. Gotcha. Yeah. I guess at some point she became the meta, but I started just because I liked Lumi, the little star dude yeah. that she plays with. Uh, so I started there, and then that transition into me racing as her and Mario Kart Mm -hmm. and then um, I guess it's hard to say favorite character for Mario Party because apart from the I guess second latest switch game they they're all the same so it's really just kind of what skin do you like yeah well Um, I guess that's why I'm kind of asking is there's no Rosalina yeah um Rosalina no she's in the newest she's in the newest I'm thinking like when you played on the Mario was she on the Mario Party 8 one no, no, yeah. definitely not. Um, I think at that time I would probably play as Waluigi. Mm-hmm. I remember liking Waluigi as a kid. And then as uh, because he's in meta for the one where like they have character dice blocks, I played Wario a yeah. lot just because I liked that high risk of 
uh, two sides being minus two coins and then the rest being six or yeah. something like mm-hmm. that. Just high risk, high reward play style. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess overall, Rosalina, she's a cutie. Yeah. A little well, space princess. So, so like, I, my favorite Mario Kart was Daisy. Like, I only really played the Wii, like, Mario Kart. I'm getting better at the Switch one. I have yeah. to. All my friends have Switches, and I get my butt kicked there, and it's frustrating. Um, and then fa- and favorite character overall from the universe is probably, like, a tie between Koopa Troopa and Daisy. And then, but for Mario Party, always Koopa Troopa. Just, uh, yeah cute little turtle thing and but yeah well, the reasoning i don't do you ever watch um what's it called rooster teeth yeah or and then what what was the achievement hunter achievement hunter for sure. i binged so much of that through high school but jack terrible person on <laughs> on on like just an awful person but he said something that really resonated to me back in grade 10 it's because his character in gta was always a girl so he always said, if I'm going to be staring at the backside of this character this entire, like, for hours playing this game, might as well be a female backside. And I kind of, like, I was already playing as Daisy before that, but I'm like, I wonder if I was playing as Daisy just because it's like, yeah, cutie, nice to look at. If I, if I, I don't want to stare at Donkey Kong's butt this entire time I'm driving, might as well stare at Daisy's. And then, um, yeah, so... Yeah, it's interesting how people would choose, like, what their avatar is, mm-hmm. especially with like some of these different things like VR and VR True. chat, like everyone wants to be a cute anime girl. Um, I've heard a lot of different things about like the psychology of what you choose. True. And like some people, they view it as like a power fantasy and that's when they build like oh. a better version of themselves yeah. in these games. And like they make their face look like them. Other people view it as like an escapist thing where it's like, okay, what's furthest for me? A girl. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not, a girl in real life, I can be that. Um, but then there are other interpretations where, like, especially if you're choosing uh, an avatar that isn't your gender yourself, a lot of people interpret that as, like, some uh, drilled-down form of uh, gender dysphoria. And mm. a lot of people see that as kind of like a... I don't want to call it a warning sign because that implies negativity. But a, a pause a possible sign of being trans and just like not really noticing it. Interesting. I feel like that's way blown out of proportion because a lot of people just want to play as a girl. Yeah. In Halo, I played as a girl because in my mind, the hitbox was smaller. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, of course, this is like a little cheat I can mm-hmm. have right now and it's 1% less chance I'll get hit. In the Pokemon games, like especially Emerald, I heard a rumor uh, that there's a higher catch rate for Pokemon if you play as a girl. Like, it puts it on easy mode. So I always play as Mei. That being said, I think Mei's a cutie, too. <laughs> so maybe it's just it's it's that. Um, and there's also that the saying or the theory that, you know, you your character is what you're attracted to. Or, like, the, yeah. well, there's the TikTok trends. Like, who's your favorite Disney princess? And, like, that's who you're attracted to. And, um, and then, yeah, all the girlfriends, like, showing off what, what they look like. Oh, it's nothing like the, <laughs> the princess that he likes. Like, what the yeah. heck? Um, yeah, that's funny about the hitbox thing. And I like, that was probably, like, do you think that was probably a rumor that you heard or just, like, your own thought? I think that was my own thought because okay. Reach was, like, the first Halo I actively, like, really played mm. back on the 360. And when you would, like, do the different armor or select the gender, it would, like, change Shame. the model yeah, yeah, that's yeah. there. And then, so the female model is, like, a couple inches shorter and then just more slender. Yeah. And it's, like, well, they can't shoot me. I'm missing part of yeah. the arm yeah. structure right here. Yeah. They can't hit me. I'm sure the hitbox is like the exact, exact same, same yeah. but 
yeah, I'm just thinking like back to this rumor of like girls have higher catch rates in the in the Pokemon games. Like that's a rumor like I could never fact check. Like the internet wasn't big enough yeah. and just like anything you heard at school just like well, it's that whole thing about Mew in the Pokemon Red and Blue being under the truck. Like yeah. some kid on the playground started that rumor and everyone believes that. And it's like, no, like the internet would have just snuffed that out right away. And I feel bad for this generation of kids that they don't kind of get that anymore. Of like, I heard this on the playground, like it must be true. And yeah, no mystery around it. Everything can just be so quickly yeah. searched mm-hmm. for. You ever play a Yu-Gi-Oh back in the day? I had cards. I never learned how to play it. I have cards now. Ooh, not, not I'm going to come and look at them. <laughs> um, my... I hope that I have them here and not back in Calgary. But my friend Bryce, he went on this stint of just loving Yu-Gi-Oh and wanting yeah. to get more and more cards. I'm sure he's still like, he might even be looking at cards right now since he's not at work. Um, just trying to find some cool ones. Damn. So I was like, yeah, maybe I'll try and find some cards that I kind of like. Uh, since I don't play and I don't know the meta and I have no interest in actually becoming a player in it, uh, I went for what I liked the art of. Yeah. So there's a set of five or six cards. Oh, I'm on YouTube and not Google where I'm trying to search this for you. Uh, they're called the Rescute Team. Uh, so there's. Is there a cat with a hat? Yes. Or a helmet? I know that. Helmet? I know that. Yeah, yeah. Rescue Cat. There's a ferret. There's a bunny. I know them. And then there's a card called like the Rescue Team. Uh, let's see. I know them if you, if if you can't find it because yeah like I asked one because I was obsessed with it as a kid but also back in I want to say three years ago now uh the game Duel Links came out like it was an app for the iPhone and I'm sure yeah. Android too so that's all for yeah it's I, like a bunny I with have I have the goggles. cat and the rabbit but yeah like what like I was obsessed in s- my second year playing Duel Links I played so much of it that I just had to delete off my phone t- to like help my grades out but yeah like uh, you play with those cards in the game and. Uh, yeah, that's why I kind of asked. Same thing. Like, I, I felt like you'd have the similar upbringing of, like, you probably have Pokemon cards on the, like, uh, during recess, too. Yeah, had some Pokemon cards. This is, So I never got big into card games right. when I was a kid. Uh, the closest is one that's been lost and forgotten to time, Chaotic. Ah, uh, yeah, I know Chaotic, yeah. Oh, I think was that a show, too? It was a yeah. show. I... Ooh, you can watch all of Chaotic on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, midway through season three, it seems like there's like three or four episodes missing. I know this because I binged it like my second year yeah. university or something like that. Maybe at some point, if this strike goes on too long, I'll just start binging Chaotic once yeah. more. Uh, what a! It's what? not a good show. No. <laughs> what shows are you watching now? And sorry, last topic before we get into our segments, because I'm going to have you on next week, because I feel like there's so many topics to still t- talk about. Like, I didn't write them down, but we've just come across them. Like, I want to like, know more about, like, your rescue team and your All Yu-Gi-Oh right. cards. I want to know more about, yeah, Chaotic and the shows yeah. you watched. And just overall, talk about, well, I'm sure, like, we haven't even touched on, like, YTV shows that we probably <sighs> grew up watching. So we'll touch on those next episode. All but, right. yeah, I'll ask, like, what shows are you watching now? Because I'm kind of looking for suggestions. I'm only watching Big Mouth right now. Yeah, so shows watching right now, it's hard because I'll watch a show and then I don't stop watching it until I'm done. Like, okay, yeah. It won't be a true binge, but it'll be, like, the only thing I watch. Uh, just recently finished BoJack Horseman for the yeah, first time. That, Loved yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed it. Um, Netflix had season two of Lock and Key come out. Horrible show. It's made for like 13 year olds. Uh, I think it's shot in Canada. So that's a little interesting thing. It's more just like a background noise thing. 
because the story's good enough, but not good enough to actively watch. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I feel like most of my suggestions you won't be super interested no. in because <laughs> I watch anime. Uh, um, no, like I, I watch a lot of animated shows. Like I, Family Guy, Big Mouth, The Simpsons. Like I'm, I'm watching them all. But yeah, I guess when yeah. only Pokemon really. And I guess I did binge watch Yu Gi Oh like back in my first year of university. For another kind of like, I, Western animated show that I yeah. recommend. I really enjoyed the Harley Quinn okay. series. Um, it's a bit more adult, so it's not just made for, like, little children sort of thing. There's two seasons, uh, and it's really good. It's, like, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are the main characters. Shark King is in it. Mm. Uh, Kite Guy, <laughs> a little-known character from DC Comics, is plays a kind of large part in the second season. Uh, it's just really well done. I recommend it to everyone to actually just go check that out if they're looking yeah. for something and they don't hate superhero stuff. But it's not, like... It's not Marvel where it's, oh, everyone is just super jokeable and jovial and it ends with a shitty CG battle sort of thing. It's like it's, there's some good storytelling going on in the Harley Quinn animated show. Good stuff, yeah. Okay, we'll move on to the red flag game. And I feel like you were part of this conversation um, because Carly, it happened to her. Squeezable cheese, they're in love with it. Is that okay, red flag, or deal breaker? Oh, I... I, I'll say it's okay because there are many – I'm very open with what I'll eat. Mm -hmm. I love trying different cultures, cuisines, and that's, like, the main point of travel to me. Just right. see, like, oh, this little bit of culture, what do they eat? Um, that being said, squeezed cheese, yeah. uh, it's, it's just gross. Yeah. It, well, if that was the only form of cheese, like, they're not eating any other cheese besides squeezable cheese. The only that's, form. I feel like this is more of a question of they have weird diet. Where does that fall in, like, your <laughs> – Weird Spectrum, diet. which I think oh. for most people falls in that that's okay category because it's not like I have to eat it. Yeah, I mean, like, generally, all right. It The only point it'd get annoying is, like, trying to find a restaurant to go eat true, at. Like, true. I would hate to date you, Brendan. Oh, it, I know that, would, yeah. <laughs> food is such a big thing to me. I really enjoy cooking and trying new things. And then for you, it'd be like, no, I don't want to go get fucking chicken fingers again. Like, we could still go to the restaurants. I'm <laughs> sure this. Like, I went to Peasant Cookery, which is very, like, French and... You know, like charcuterie board, and I was still able to get a steak. I didn't like that they put sauce and mushrooms on it. I scraped it off, but like I still was able to get a steak, which fine. Yeah. So like I still can go to these restaurants. I just rather not, you know. Yeah, I I'd mean, rather have Taco Bell. <laughs> I guess in general, I'd put weird eating habits as like a small red flag. Yeah. Like it's not a big thing. It's definitely not something to like have way over you. But oh, that it would, is that something would fall that in the okay category though. Yeah. It'll like. You'll think about it. You'll though. think about it, and it does pose like a bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. But it's not, I don't yeah. know, it's not 100% okay, and it's not like a red flag that needs to True. be addressed. Fair enough. Um, kind of on that note, the picky either segment is uh, you like gravy, right? I'm fine with gravy. Yeah, actually, you know what? I am fine with gravy. I've been just like forced to eat it recently, and I, I'm, not a <laughs> I'm not a fan of it. I just rather not. But, Kay, I want to let the listeners know I'm back on like this bulking. I know before it was peanut butter milk, now it's whipped cream. But I learned you can't just drink straight whipped cream. It tastes too much like cold melted butter. It's ridiculous. But I've been mixing it in with homogenized milk to kind of like up the fat percentage. And I mixed it with chocolate syrup today. Straight up tastes like a more liquidy milkshake. I kid you not. Like it was actually very delicious. Interesting. Like, I'm like, oh, no way. And like I feel like you do the same thing if you just took half and half cream, like what you put in your coffees. 
and you just put chocolate syrup in it, I'm sure it tastes not cl- like the whipped cream's gonna taste close to a milkshake. But like at first, I was disgusted with myself. I'm like mix like I'm drink basically drinking whipped cream. Yeah. But honestly, it tastes like a milkshake. I can probably like say it's a milkshake. And I'm good. People can't judge me. This is way better from back a year ago, taking shots of canola oil every day to get the pounds on. But It's such an interesting life you need to live with trying to put on pounds and bulking while yep. you are so picky with eating This food. is true. This is true. Because I was asked, I think you were at that lunch. I was asking Tina, like, oh, how do I put on weight? And he's like, saying these things that I'm just like I'm not, I can't eat those things I'm not no I'm not going to eat those things and I was at a party where someone had like gained 15 pounds in like two months and he sent me his diet and there was a bunch of like fish and just things that like, I wouldn't eat I'm just like well this was useless <laughs> like yeah, yeah it's tough fats so it's it's a milk diet basically but I'll get there <laughs> the good thing is I have like six months to gain, get to my goal weight so it's not like I actually have to like go really hard it's just like yeah casual like drink of milk you've milk got shaker. the time to yeah. slowly build it up all right, yeah. That's all the time we have for this week. Uh, but let me ask you, Brooke. If you see a crime happen at the Apple store, what does that make you? An eyewitness. Oh, yeah. Eyewitness. You got to rate that off yeah. 10. Um, it's a pretty lame one, I'll be honest. You know, I was really expecting it to be somewhere around the lines of if you're a security guard at a Samsung store, does that make you the guardian of the galaxy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Good Tumblr jokes here. <laughs> oh no, I'll call it a I'll call it a seven because you know it. That's it averted expectations. Mm-hmm. I uh, I feel I kind of want like just rattle off previous jokes I've said on this podcast before, just for you. How do you get a country girl's attraction? Jesus, I messed up. How do you get a country girl's attention? Probably just yell. A tractor. A tractor. Well, that's fair. <laughs> They do enjoy tractors. The amount of discourse I've heard around tractors while living in Winnipeg. That's so true. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Uh, what do you call a factory that makes only sa- okay products? A not very good factory. A satisfactory. A satisfactory. You know, that joke's pretty satisfactory. There we go. Well, come on. I feel like that's better than the eyewitness <laughs> one, at least. All right. The song of the week this week is... Um, uh, let's see. How's it going to be by Third Eye Blind? Third Eye Blind's an interesting band because they're not a one-hit wonder. They're a one-album wonder. Their their self-titled album is just unreal. Like I love every song off it, but they literally never did anything since. Um, but you should also check out their songs: "Semi Charm Life," "Jumper," and um, my favorite, "I Want You." But yeah, the song of the week is "How Is It Going to Be." And uh, yeah, that's all the time we have for this week. Tune in next week where we're gonna have Brooke again because we have a lot to talk about. And don't forget to spread good vibes. Don't forget to spread good vibes. Good vibes only. Be excellent to each other. Peace.